0: Hi, it's katie and tiffany and we're starting this episode a little bit differently because we have a very important announcement to make tiffany yes we do we are launching a summer share that's right drum roll drum roll applause <laughs> the crowd goes wild this is your opportunity to tell five friends about the show encourage them to subscribe and by doing so you could win valuable prizes
1: so this is how it works Tell five of your friends, at least, you could tell more, but at least five of your friends about the show and convince them to subscribe to the show. Not just start listening, not just download an episode, but actually subscribe to the show. Become an official subscriber. If you do that, and we're not gonna ask you for proof because we trust you guys, all you have to do is email us with the first names of the five people, no phone numbers, no email addresses, no last names, just their first names, Either email that to us or tweet it to us, and we will trust you, and we will enter your name into a drawing for a copy, a free copy of my book, Midnight in the Piazza, mailed directly to you.
0: And some of you, I already hear you thinking, but I already own a copy of Midnight in the Piazza. Yes, you could give it away as a as a gift if you win, but there is another special bonus prize. Everybody who participates in our share will get to hear a secret episode of the show that no one else is going to get to hear. That means you must participate to be able to hear that show. And to make that show extra special and extra embarrassing for us, we are going to do a truth or dare episode of the podcast. Yes, we are. So when you give us your five names, you can also submit a dare you want us to do out in the world or a question that you really want us to answer. We're going to do all those things by pulling them randomly out of
1: a hat. I get, wait, wait. We're not going to do all of them, Katie. We're going to do a random drawing, a selection of these things, or answer a selection of these questions. Yes. Truthfully.
0: By drawing them out of a hat. But the only way to be able to hear that episode or to be able to submit a question is to participate in the share by telling five friends about the show and getting them to subscribe. I might suggest that it's easier if you just take their phone out of their hand, open their podcasting app, hit subscribe to the Bittersweet Life podcast, hand it back to them, and make a to their names and send it to us so easy five people now you can also use organizations if you work at a university and you want to tell the study abroad program if you work in a company with a bunch of expats send a company-wide email we'll take submissions of institutions as well but five different places please to hear the truth or dare secret episode.
1: Yes, it's gonna be very embarrassing for us. It's gonna be very fun, it's gonna be very revealing, and we hope entertaining for you guys.
0: Yeah, this is your chance to get us to walk into a store and say something bizarre,
1: whatever you want. Yes, okay, no nudity though, okay? That's my only caveat. I'm not going anywhere naked yeah
0: that sounds like a fair enough caveat plus it's a radio show I would just pretend to be naked anyway
1: and I'm not and I'm sorry but I'm I'm sorry but I'm not going to kiss anyone either I'm not going to kiss anyone either sorry okay unless it's my husband but but sorry the, you know those are just two little things but everything else is good
0: I'll kiss whoever you want <laughs> but you have to participate in this share and you have a deadline too only entries given to us prior to September 1st will be entered in the contest drawing to win Tiffany's book and to hear the secret episode. So figure out your friends, send us the names by email bittersweetlife at mail.com.
1: Or if you're not an email type of person, you can just tweet us. Make sure you include the hashtag thebittersweetlove. Remember, not the bittersweetlife. <laughs> The Bittersweet Love.
0: Why? Because you're showing us a little love this summer, participating in our share
1: Yes. So just email or tweet the five names of those people who have signed up, who have subscribed after they have subscribed, please. We're trusting you on this. And make sure you add that hashtag, The Bittersweet Love.
0: And thanks, everybody. You already love the show. Thanks for spreading the love
1: around. Yes. The larger our audience, the more likely we are going to be able to keep this podcast coming to you in the foreseeable future. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, everyone.
0: Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. We are in Rome and we are joined by a very special guest
1: would you like to introduce our guest yes this is our now sadly former intern Estrella Gomez hi
0: everyone (laughs) we realized or she realized or pointed out that this is the first time we've actually all three been in the same room together in our entire working relationship which is a little bit strange yeah how long have we been working together it's been about six
2: months at this point I think
0: If we want to consider the fact that we made her come here and then she put together an event for us that's happening this afternoon, it's been six and a half months. (laughs) That is correct, yeah, yeah, probably. So what we wanted to talk about with you, or I don't even know if you, I think you suggested it to me back when I first moved to San Francisco and I said, let's hold on to that idea and actually do it when we're all in the same room together, to talk a little bit about ethnicity I talked a little bit with Tiffany about this when I first moved here about what it's like to be a blonde-haired, blue-eyed person in Rome, and she pointed out that there are plenty of blonde-haired, blue-eyed people in Rome. That's not terribly unusual. But what would you say uh, your racial background is? Because nobody
2: can see you. So I'm first-generation Salvadorian-American, so I was born in the States, but my family and my parents are from El Salvador.
0: Describe how you look. Do you think people look at you and think, oh, that's Salvadorian?
2: I don't <laughs> people think People so. ever think that. Yeah, I. I mean... I think I look Hispanic. Some people might confuse me for even Asian, but you can't really tell by looking at people because, I mean, the world is so so diverse, you can't really pinpoint where someone is from. So I often get the question of where are you from? And being an American isn't enough of an answer anymore, Mm -hmm. or it never was. so. (laughs) So I always have to go deeper into that answer a little bit.
1: Now, does that bother you or or do you enjoy that people are curious about your
2: heritage? It doesn't bother me. I, I think it's natural for them to ask. And if I was in their shoes, I would also probably be curious.
0: Do you get asked that question
2: more here in Italy? It's about the same. I mean, most of the people that I encounter, I guess I have to explain that to them, especially my students, because I'm teaching them them English, but I don't look like I'm from an English-speaking country, Mm -hmm. and obviously my name's Estrella, so it's not a typical American name. I explain to them. It's not Ashley. Yeah, it's not like my name is Brittany or something (laughs) like that, right? So yeah, I have to, you know, I tell them like my parents are from a Spanish-speaking country, so that's why I look the way I do, and I speak Spanish also. Mm. I am who I am. (laughs) We were talking, Estra and I, over lunch the other day,
0: and I thought it was interesting and maybe something worth exploring, that you were saying that no matter where you travel, people take you as a foreigner, like they assume that you're a foreign to wherever you are. And I was saying that for me, oftentimes, no matter what country I go to, people think of me as a local until they hear me talk, <laughs> or like, if not a local, at least half of whatever the heritage is. It's an interesting thing. It's sort of like I can belong and you're always sort of other no matter what country you go to.
2: Yeah, I think because I grew up in Charleston and I'm in Italy now. So I've always been in places where it's mostly a Caucasian population. I've always been like the minority, but the only exception was when I lived in Miami. And obviously most of the people there are Hispanic. So I was able to blend in a little bit more there. Mm -hmm. But here it's back to like... Working and being around typical Italians, but it doesn't bother me.
1: Okay, so I was that's what I was going to ask you. Does that bother you? Because I'm the type of person, which I like to be other. I like to be different than everyone else around me, and but not everybody does. So I was going to ask you that. Does, that. does it bother you to be different, to be seen as different at least?
2: It doesn't bother me, but I, I don't like standing out either. I don't do anything to make myself stand out, or at least I try not to. But I'm so used to it now that I just it doesn't I don't even really think about it twice, to be honest.
0: So Tiffany, you would probably know better. And maybe you know now because you've been here for two two and a half years. But obviously, when it comes to issues of race, it's a huge deal in the United States. It's, it's something that we're constantly talking about. We're always trying to readjust so that it's not just white people with the advantage all the time, but white people often still do have the advantage all the time slow course correction in the history of the United States. And it's it's a huge issue there. Is race a huge
1: issue in Italy? I would say no, it's not as much of an issue, or at least not that it's not as much of a problem, but it's not something that is talked about nearly as much. And it's not something that people make an effort to be aware of in a sort of proactive, inclusive way. I feel like in America, there's a big chunk of the population who... Are aware of this and they they seek out diversity. Like I know in the book publishing world, publishers are very, very interested in, especially in the children's books. They want books about diversity and not just race, but also sexual orientation and um, class, class, disabilities, things like that. They're looking for, for that. So I think that there's a certain chunk of the United States where like this is a conversation that people are willingly looking at and wanting to have. In Italy, I think that Part of it is kind of missing.
0: You mean the part of wanting to course correct so that everyone's on an easier playing field is not what Italy is interested yeah, in?
1: Or at least just they're not really having those conversations. It's not, I mean, like there may be some people who are, but it's not in the consciousness of like a large chunk of the people. Race is definitely an issue that exists. Racism and issues of race definitely exist. But there's not really this sort of like open dialogue of people always talking about it and realizing consciously that it's something that needs to be dealt with.
2: Yeah, I agree that. I've never been in a conversation where that's the main topic. People don't really try to fix the issue about. I mean, I know immigration is a big issue here, but you're right. Nobody really talks about. It. It's kind of like a taboo subject, I guess. Maybe. Right.
1: Yeah, I think here's an here's an issue. Here's a difference. The United States is a country that was that is built on immigration and a huge chunk of the African-American population were brought there a long time ago against their will to be sold into slavery. And then, of course, immigrants have been arriving since the beginning of, of America. Here, Italy has not been a place that you immigrated to until the last, I don't know, 30, 40 years. It was a place that you left. You'd leave Italy and you'd go to the United States or Canada or Australia. Also, it's a country that was very, I mean, they have a very, very specific ethnic identity it's very clear you can look at the people you can tell like you were just saying the other day you can really tell an Italian there's a specific look to them because a very large portion of them are of the same ethnicity for centuries and centuries back so Italy hasn't had to deal with race issues the way that America has for a long time like they didn't go through like you know we have our whole civil rights period where people have been talking I'm not saying it's been solved but people have been talking about race for a lot longer in the United States because they've had to here it's really something relatively new. And even I like I'm always surprised when I meet someone who is born and raised Italian who is not ethnically Italian. It's always like it just it's just surprising to me because i assume and this is terrible for me to assume but you know when i assume when i see an african person i just assume that they've arrived from africa not that they've been born and raised here when sometimes it's finally starting you know now that immigration has been happening for you know a little bit longer period of time you're having italians born of various races but it didn't used to be that way for a long time so it could just be that they're just at the bottom of the learning curve they just haven't caught up
2: yet I agree with what you're saying. I recently taught like a class of 10-year-olds and there was a couple of girls that were Chinese, but they had Italian names. So I want to say they they were born and raised here and they spoke Italian just like any other Italian child would, but they didn't look like it. So that was like my first time seeing children that young who spoke Italian like a native, but didn't look, look it. Mm-hmm. And I'm so not used to it, but it makes me happy to see that there is diversity so. here's a strange question for you Australia not you Tiffany sorry
0: being away from the fact that it is one of the biggest central issues in the United States that gun violence LGBTQ rights all these things women's equality all these things that the US is constantly trying to correct and slowly slowly course correcting what's it like for you to be away
2: from that like what is it like to be over here while all of that's going on over Yeah, there? I mean does it somehow
0: feel different to you to not
2: be like living amongst those issues? Yeah, it feels I've never been very much politically active. So, being over here, I feels like I have an excuse to kind of ignore it even though I know I shouldn't. I should do more. But it it does feel different in a sense where I feel like I don't have as much responsibility to to participate. And I'm sure that's going to change once I go back because I do want to be more active when it comes to politics and what I stand for. You're the first generation of two immigrant parents. What was that like growing up in the U.S.? We were all born, me and my four other siblings, we were all born in New York. So when we were raised there, we had, as you know, it's, it's, Full of immigrants where we were so having moved from New York to South Carolina I think was a bigger culture shock I was probably seven at the time my sister was in middle school so she had a hard time making new friends I mean we all had to start all over but it felt more different in Charleston just because it's not as diverse and you don't see as many people who may look like you that's changed a lot over over the past couple of years because it's definitely growing a lot faster. But I mean, overall, it was it was a good experience for us, like being able to grow up and speak both languages at home. And that's something that I'm always thankful for.
1: Now, I'm curious. So your parents <clears throat> moved to the United States from El Salvador in what, the 1970s, like the early 1980s, early 80s. I mean, I imagine that was partially looking for a better life and a better life for their kids. Did either of them ever be like, okay, we moved all, like we did so much work to move over here to give you guys a better life. Why are you up and moving to
2: Italy? Yeah, I was talking to Katie about this the (laughs) other day because it really does make me feel guilty about it. Like I was telling you, like I have expat guilt regardless, but the fact that my parents moved To the states and i came all the way over here even though this move wasn't intended to be permanent like theirs was going to be permanent from the start but just being so far away and having everyone back home who lives so close together i think about it a lot and i think it's something that it's unique to me like not all expats think about that and it's something that i that i do and i feel bad about but i know that i'll be back Mm -hmm. soon so I don't lose sleep over it.
1: But to your parents, did they ever say anything? Like, you know, why are you going all the way over there?
2: They're kind of used to me just like doing my own thing. Like, <laughs> they never brought up that point specifically. They kind of just let me go, like, fly away. Do your thing. Here's a
0: question. Do you think that that kind of extra layer of guilt of not just being far away from your parents and your family, but also thinking, you know, your parents made great sacrifices to bring you up in the U.S., it, would that prevent you from ever becoming a permanent
2: resident of another country? Yes, it would. But there's a lot of other factors that would also play into that, not just the fact that they gave up so much for us to be in the States, but that would be part. what? What's the other factors? I just don't like being so far away from my family. And I love Italy, but as you know, there's a lot of problems here too. I would be an expat But not, I couldn't see myself doing it permanently. Well, that actually kind
1: of leads me to a question that I was wondering about before we even started, which was knowing that you were about to move back, what goes into that decision of deciding, okay, it's enough,
2: I'm ready to go back? Work, family, I guess those those are the main two factors. So you're not not really satisfied with your work life here? I'm content with it, like I'm comfortable with it. Because I've been doing it for almost two years do the uh, English teaching. You know, I'm not like 100% committed to being here full-time. Originally, it was a year, and then we came back two years. I don't know how to explain it. I mean...
0: Yeah, I think she's asking like the essential question is why now? Why have you decided that, you know, that's good. We did it.
2: Yeah. I mean, the choice of coming back was really like 50-50. And so we came back, and I think this summer... We'll be ready to take on the next chapter. I'm pretty sure that I'm ready to start a new life in the States again. Yeah.
0: So did you come back because you didn't know what else to do?
2: Yeah, we didn't know what, what we were doing back home last summer. We weren't sure like what our next paths would be. Do you want to say who, we, who the other Sorry. part of we oh, is? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so, I'm, so I'm talking about my partner, Jared, who he lives here also with me and we're both English teachers and we were both living in Miami before we came here. So that's who I'm referring to. Yeah. We didn't have any specific plans last summer and we just decided that we wanted to come back because we knew how the life was here already. So it seemed easier to come back rather than to stay in the States, which mm-hmm. maybe sound like the opposite scenario for, 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 most people. But I think we're, we're both agreeing. We were ready to go back and see what we can do over there why
0: not maybe one more question unless you have one more because i'm watching the time because we got a live event we got to go which will be long over by the time you hear this sorry everyone um (laughs) so do you think your parents who are saying fly free go do what you want australia you're your free bird living overseas what if you were to move back to el salvador
2: me or them (laughs) you you
0: do you think they'd have more of a problem with that given everything that they did that's a hypothetical it's a hypothetical question
2: based on what you
0: know of your parents
2: yeah i visited there before and it's definitely not and not no italy like it's not (laughs) as charming and and romantic as this place is but i mean they would be happy that i'd be there because i'd be closer to my family i still have family that lives there but they would see it as a step backwards obviously because it's like why would you be going to a place where there's no opportunity for you Yes. Which some people say about Italy. Yeah. right. I was,
1: was going to say, I sometimes wonder if my great-grandparents are rolling in their graves because <laughs> yeah. they moved to the States at great sacrifice. I mean, this was, we're talking around 1920 when it was not easy in Italy. And they made great sacrifices to, to move to the States and they built a farm and they, they, you know, they had a good life compared. And to think, I mean, obviously times have changed. It's a hundred years later, but um, that their great-granddaughter has moved back to the motherland. Yeah. <laughs> It's sort of that stereotype of um,
0: Americans' dream of retiring to Italy and Italians' dream of retiring to America. And it's like, why would you ever retire to Italy? Are you out of your mind?
1: Well, I don't think it's so much that Italians dream of retiring to America. I think it's that Italians dream that their children will move to a place like America and have more opportunities or those same children, those same young people dream of living in a place like America that has so many more opportunities. So it's not so much retiring, I think it's like just living there. And I mean, I'm sure people have said that to you too. Why did you choose to come here?
2: Yeah. And I have a a lady that that I teach every Friday. But she always tells me like her her daughter is nine years old and she's, she always thinks about her and how her future will be. That's why she's taking English lessons because she doesn't think she'll stay in Italy. She sees how bad the economy is right now. And so she like predicts her daughter will leave. And that kind of makes me think about the future of the Italian people. Like who's, you know, if people are worried about their economic status, then who's going to be left in like, 25 years and what's going to happen or what's what's it going to look like here is it just going to be full of expats who who want to live the italian dream you know who
0: are like instagramming themselves holding yeah. ice cream
2: <laughs> yeah expats right. and a lot of immigrants and a lot of old people mm-hmm.
1: i mean already there's hardly any children being born here i mean like the the, yeah. the population is just dropping every year there are fewer children born every single year It's like one per couple right now or something like that, which is like.
0: Yeah, are you saying that because of uh, the, we're getting too deep into waters right now, but because of the Italian economy being what it is, people having less kids, less people staying, what, it'll be like the, when everybody vacated Rome thousands of years ago. No, it's not going to happen
1: because, (laughs) it's not going to happen because Italians love Italy and Italians love their cities. So there are a number of people who are going to leave because they're, unusual because they are dreamers because they they're like your grandparents. Yeah, they're like my grandparents or they're like these young Italians who go abroad and who have careers. But Italians love Italy in a way that I mean we talk about Americans being patriotic. We're more patriotic in an ideal sense, our ideals, but they truly like they love where they're from and they love their city. Like wherever, whatever city it is, they call it campanilismo, which means like you belong to the bell tower of your hometown. That's where the word comes from. And that's how they are. But I do think that with the fewer children being born and with a certain number of people leaving and with so many more immigrants coming, I think what you're going to see is a country that is much, much more diverse ethnically over the coming years. And it's not going to happen right away, but I think that's long term. And a lot of people say, you know, thank goodness we have immigrants coming because there are not enough Italian children being born. And that's a problem.
2: Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you know where you're going? Where are you heading?
2: You're leaving here, but then what? As of right now, it's going to be between Charleston and Charlotte because that's where our families are. And uh, we'll see what's next after that. I'm coming to visit you because I've never been there. Oh You the <laughs> should Charleston? definitely go to Charleston.
1: I've never been to the South, but especially I've never no, been no, to Charleston. i have never been to the South at all? No. Wow. Never. I know. I you know. need to come over. Come on <laughs> yeah, over. I've always liked Charleston is one of those like names of places that's like stuck in my head as some place that I want to go, yeah. although I don't know much about it.
0: You would so like it. Just don't go in it. the summer. What did you say? I said, I'll be her
2: tour guide or your tour guide. if you. you It's a deal.
1: All
0: right. Well, we should leave it there, but we can't leave it there without telling you what we've told you 10,000 times, which is thank
1: you so much. Thank you, Estrella. You really (laughs) helped us out so much this year. You were invaluable, quite frankly.
0: Yeah. And we are going to miss you terribly. So feel free to ask Mm -hmm. us for whatever you want. We're like totally in your hands at this point. And thanks for coming on the show too. Yes. Thank you for having me for the second time and until next time this is the bittersweet life i'm katie sewell i'm tiffany parks join us again bye we welcome your questions and your feedback reach the show by emailing bittersweetlife at mail.com that's bittersweetlife at mail.com